Well, he's not quite a coffee asshole, but he's still an asshole about coffee. I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. This is the Journey for Java podcast, a show about coffee for people who enjoy coffee and like listening to stories about people, places, and things involving coffee. Seriously, only an asshole would make it this complicated. It's the Journey for Java podcast. You want some coffee? Yeah, make it fresh pot. A Britain on tour podcast show. Fresh pot! About what else? Coffee. Coffee is the number one drink in the world. Everybody drinks it. Even little kids in Mexico drink coffee. Well, I'm not a little kid in Mexico, okay? Here's BD. Hi, Karen. What's Hi. happening? <laughs> Welcome to the first live show. We're going to do live with some graphics and some things. How's it going over there? Uh, pretty good. Good to see hey. a live human being because I've been sequestered for over a year now. So now people know I'm actually alive. Uh, live. So, okay. You haven't been out. You haven't seen anybody. Have you done any of these? I've seen some people. I don't right. have trouble because I think that's BS. But uh, mostly, yeah, I'm here 24-7 watching true crime, writing the odd article, and cleaning out my basement. That's it. Right. <laughs> You're watching true crime? True crime's all the rage right now. You loving that? You loving that? I've been into true crime for a long, long time. I'm kind of surprised I haven't crossed over to the dark side. Welcome to uh, the Brenton on Tour. Uh, it's kind of a combo. You were on the music cast. We did the Brenton on Tour music cast before uh, where we got into some music. We did get into a bit of coffee talk. And ever since then, we've been sort of trading coffee stories and a few things. Uh, today, it's sort of the journey for Java is the, co- is the coffee version of what I've been doing. So... You challenged me a little bit last night, or you had a little bit of a post last night, which we'll get into down the road uh, uh, towards the end of this thing as to what we're going to be up to next week. But you're not going to say why I'm on last minute. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. So Karen had this post last night about the fact. Well, why don't you tell the story? Because you tell this. You tell the story. I won't just tell it. I'm going to demonstrate. Sure. I feel like I'm doing a commercial. (laughs) I am a coffee snob, as you know. I'm not a connoisseur. I just love my coffee. And I have an espresso machine, and it's magic. I just love that thing. And uh, I saw a commercial for this Nescafe called Intense, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to try it. So I ordered it for 5 bucks on Amazon. It arrived. It says put one heaping teaspoon in. I put two. You could go two and a half, and it's pretty damn good, I got to say. So I thought that you wouldn't speak to me again. I mean, that's not necessarily the case. I mean, the whole thing of this, the whole thing of this is to to enjoy coffee of any kind. I've broken down all sorts of coffee. I've gone to A&W. I've gone to... Tim Horton. Well, sorry, I haven't gone to Tim Hortons yet, just on purpose. I've gone to AW. I've gone to um, the 7-Eleven. I've, uh, some people are actually sending me to these little nooks and nook and crannies. And in preparation of uh, of our show tonight, uh, that happened last minute. I actually went to McDonald's. <laughs> God, McDonald's has pretty good coffee. Because yeah. you know, it was like, why don't we why don't we have a, a, a McDonald's chat and uh, and we'll uh, you know kind of. I'll, I'll see if I can tolerate this for, for this 45 minutes or hour or whatever we're going to do. And you've got the Nescafe. So I anyways. I have my Nespresso. So let me just demonstrate. That is artwork. Look at that. Magic. It just comes out. I We should talk about where you were like, what? You add milk? We'll talk about that in a second. But uh-huh. yeah, I add milk or or soy creamer, actually. The coffee creamer I like when I can find it. So the last time you were on, you talked about only adding milk to shitty coffee. So you said, I only really add milk to bad coffee. Has that changed? I, I did not. Are you misquoting <laughs> a journalist? Come on. I, well, wouldn't, I, can... I wouldn't have said that because I don't drink black coffee. Unless, unless it's really good. Unless it's really, really good. I mean, I might try it in that. Okay. But I okay. do like milk and uh, sometimes I put coconut sugar in. Uh, Anyway, I do love my Nespresso. Mm-hmm. I think I said to you that with this, I just need one cup a day. But if I'm in like a, it's been a long, long time. But back in the day when I used to go out 
and I would be maybe at breakfast and they'd come by with the crap coffee. For some reason, I always say yes and I drink it. I'm not even enjoying it. So I drink more crappy coffee than if it's good coffee. Mm -hmm. It's satisfying. I just drink it and that's it. That's all I need. We're encouraging all kinds uh, of people to, to share. And we're going to get into this uh, as we wrap up later on tonight, because we're going to go into a challenge next week where Karen and I are going to only drink instant coffee, which <laughs> is going to make my mom happy because that's all she drinks Maxwell House. And it's just like, ugh. And Anywho. It's the same way with taster's choice. Like, right. I think the week my dad passed away, he used to make, um, use the French press. So when he passed away, I ordered an espresso machine for her mm. and she still doesn't use it. Like I'll buy the sleeves of the coffee and then I'll go, don't you need some more? It's like, Oh no, I still have some left. Meanwhile, I've like gone through, you know, another 10 or something. And anyway, it turns out she's still drinking her instant coffee, which I, it's vile. It really, it really <laughs> I don't, I mean, the freeze dried thing, I know that that world is getting more competitive now because of, I, you brought this up. We, Karen and I spoke late last night because she made the post and I'm like, well, we should probably revisit this. And the next thing you know, she was made, you're making a copy late. I mean, I'm on the West coast, you're on the East. I'm you're like, this, let me say, like, I actually am enjoying this Nescafe intense do you have to put like a thing up to say this is like? No, but why don't you can show it. Let's show it to the camera. This is the, as an example of what we're going. Yeah. Okay, this is the the Nescafe Rich Intense. That's I have to buy that because Karen and already has it. Two heaping teaspoons. Like okay. I don't know who was in that group that they did the tech sure. group that said, "Oh no, just one." Probably the same people that drink Tim Hortons and think their dark coffee is actually dark coffee. But um, or dark roast, I should say. Uh, yeah, this is definitely they need to change the label to put two heaping or two and a half heaping uh, teaspoons. I know this mug's probably a little larger than most. Gotta have a large mug. I got a large mug for the other podcast, but it's giant. It's a giant mug. But this actually is a ploy so that um, I was thinking that George Clooney would have shown up this morning to personally remove my Nespresso machine, but he didn't. I saw that you tagged him in, in your Instagram. <laughs> I was wondering if we would get him on the show. I don't know anybody that knows George. Anyone on the listening, watching right now that might know George, tell him, hey, we're on for about another hour. So just uh, tell him to pop in anytime. Uh, just send us a message on the chat and we'll, we'll happily invite him in. And Danny, De- and Danny DeVito. And Danny DeVito. Yeah, I know. Out there. I shouldn't play favorite, should I? <laughs> like, honestly, if Danny DeVito showed up at my house to remove my Nespresso machine, I'd, I'd be pretty happy with that, too. I'd fight him, and I'd win, and I'd get the Nespresso machine back, but I'd still be happy he showed up. So. My guest this week, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Karen Bliss, her second appearance on the show. First time was a music podcast. Obviously, we're into the journey for Java, kind of covering off a bunch of different things. Uh, I, there's a big, giant bio of you on the other episode that we did, but the Coles Nose version, you're the Canadian consultant for Billboard. You've got hundreds of articles, hundreds of hundreds, hundreds of articles uh, all over this fine the publications like Rolling Stone and Melody Maker and all these different ones. Um, obviously, uh, you got Samaritan Mag, which you formed, which is a great magazine, which we'll, I'll just share a little bit right now. It's uh, just a little... Little little glimpse into what uh, Karen's got going on with Samaritan Mag, which is a really cool uh, mag about just some great stories. And given the world of shit stories right now uh, on the planet, this is a great place to check out, which is SamaritanMag.com. Um, we'll get into that. Karen founded that as well. So very, very cool. Uh, and I'm a big, uh, big supporter of that. But um, first and foremost... How have you been through this whole madness? Um, how has your world changed a little bit in the world of music journalists and, and journalism? And just, are you finding it tough? Are you finding more opportunities to write because there's all these different these different stories in our business? Or, or what's kind of going on on that with you? The truth? I mean, I know people are way worse off than I am. I have a roof over my head and a great family. But, you know... Uh, there's less work because 
I'm a trade writer for the music business and the music business has been heavily impacted by the pandemic and the outlets I write for have to be very careful with their budgets. You know, they've lost a lot of revenue because there's no tours. So definitely less work. Um, and I gotta say, it's kind of a lonely existence. I, I, you know, work from home anyway, but it's odd being forced to be here all the time and have nowhere to go. Like I go to concerts three or four times a week ever since I was 16 with my fake ID and uh which i no longer need believe it or not and um and even going to basketball games baseball games uh hockey if anyone gives me hockey tickets on a rare occasion but you know i miss just going out and uh so yeah it's 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 been pretty tough um but i'm also cleaning out my basement which is or was filled with about 60 bins of magazines and CDs. Mm -hmm. the, the publications were, you know, contained my articles, but they, I'm not that organized. They were mixed in with ones that didn't contain my articles. So I've had to go through them and I'm like, I don't need 10 copies of Canadian musician and, oh, I'm not in this mag. So I've got a pile to, oh, contact this band to see if they want that issue where they were on the cover right. uh, or this promo item and that kind of thing. Uh, I've got the recycle bin right outside. I've got the keep and try and sell these and the uh, keep because my articles are in and then CDs I'm getting rid of because I'm doing a big basement renovation starting in three weeks. What are you doing with the CDs? You must have thousands. I have a guy. Okay. I have a guy that takes them. Uh, and actually I should say purchases them and he used to sell them at, uh, colleges and universities on campus. So I'm not exactly sure what he's doing with them. And I'm down to the ones where I really want to keep these ones. So I'm having some, uh, separation anxiety with the remaining ones, but literally everything has to be out of my basement. So, yeah. I wonder, because I've got loads too, and I've got so many CDs from over the years and so many, and there's a good selection of ones that you want to keep. There's other ones that you've acquired. I'm sure you've got, hey, Karen, write about my band. You must, there must be just a basement dedicated to that, which is really, but I don't even know what to do with them without, without being. Uh, too late yeah. getting rid of them. That's why. Like I moved into my house uh, 16 years ago, mm -hmm. right around the time where the record companies stopped sending me CDs. Right. And I I had probably 10 or 15,000 down there. So slowly I've been getting rid of them. Right. Um, but now I'm down to the ones where I'm keeping the, the ones that belong to my friends, you know, like Zero yeah. and Our Lady Peace and, you know, Billy Talent. And then there's the artists that I love. So I'm keeping, you know, Sticky Fingers from the Stones and Springsteen and Neil Young and, you know, some, uh, I have two cars and they're old cars and they both have CD players. So mm -hmm. you know, I do on occasion, you know, listen to CDs in the car, like Jeff Buckley, Chris Stapleton's a great driving uh, artist. Uh, but, and then demos, he doesn't take demos, so I'm keeping those. And I've done pretty well. I'm down to about 20 bins. So I'll be in a mad panic 24 seven for the next three weeks. It's interesting because I, if there's anyone uh, watching, listening, even post, if you have an idea about how to be, uh, how to get rid of these and still be great for the environment, I'll take all, all, all hints because it's really, I don't just want to throw them out. There's a lot that should probably go. And then there's other ones that, you know, that hold sentimental value. So it's very, that's very uh, interesting to me. I I have a question. Um, staying on that topic for a minute about the CDs that you acquired over the time, the shows you've seen, uh, the bands you've covered, written about, all the rest of it. Um, I didn't get into this last time with you, but is there anybody amongst that group of CDs that didn't break that you thought for sure was going to break? Like you're just like, I can't even believe this band didn't break. Yes. Um, do you know the, uh, act hours, O-U-R-S? 
I mean, I've heard of them. I, I've heard of the name ours. Yeah. What's this guy, Jimmy Necco? The most incredible voice. Um, yeah, I go see him every time he plays. And he's the type of artist that, in fact, Lana Del Rey has a song. I think it's called Jimmy Necco, if you look it up. I think that's the actual name. And the, he, she brought him on the road. But he's the type of artist that singers, like true singers, like your Dallas Greens, like freaking love him. Um, and, you know... Sometimes you don't have control over, well, you don't have control over who's going to like blow up and what the reasons are. Everything has to converge. Estero, who's one of my closest friends, mm. and I, up until last week, had about a dozen of her boxes in my basement. But she's just an astounding, beautiful singer, a true artist. And, uh, you know, she's had some incredible opportunities working with, you know, Black Eyed Peas, Long yeah. Before Fergie uh prince loved her you know she, people, she's she's great i wish she was massive uh, i don't know if she cares or not but mm. i wish that for her um so is yeah. there a case of when she was like because i was with her i was to her managing her brother jay at the time too when that was blowing up and everyone was i mean i know internationally but she was kind of blowing up and then it kind of stopped and there was a bunch of artists that kind of went through that phase. Do you think, I know this is a, probably a simple, uh, there's no such thing as stupid questions, but to me, timing is everything. So what's the difference? Like, why do you think somebody like Astero didn't break through when she was, there was just so much press and so much everything about her? What, what held it back? I mean, I think she has a good career in that she's mm -hmm. very well respected by other artists and people that love her to this day are fans of her, right? So they will always go see her perform. You know, she doesn't tour that much. She ha had a big band that's very costly. She could have just toured with Jay, which, you know, mm -hmm. she does play with him. I can't answer that, you know. Uh, there's artists on the chart that I wonder how the hell they even got on the chart. So it's so frustrating when you see a talent like that. Uh, well, and and I've touched on this before. Everyone has their definition of making it. So there's, you know, 30 million albums, and then there's that 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 kind of area where the bands all just stop selling albums. So everyone has to make their own definition of making it. They have to have their own definition personally, and that could be, I mean, you know, 500 people a night be playing arenas and have people like, you know, uh, hiding in their bushes and on TMZ. Like who wants a life like that? Like if you no. make a living in the arts, doing something you love, you know, like for me, I would love to write every cover story for Rolling Stone and Billboard. Well, that hasn't happened. I've never written a cover story for Billboard or Rolling Stone. I would love that opportunity. It's probably mm -hmm. not in the cards, right? So um, I'm happy with my level of success and the opportunities and the people that I've met, but you know, there's definitely way better writers and, uh, other people that get those kinds of opportunities. So, yeah, it's, it's yeah. quite something when it's, uh, to watch it go, but, uh, you know, it, it always, this kind of world is great right now for, for people, uh, being able to put stuff out, especially somebody like her, that's got a deep fan base that would be like. I would, there's so many bands I would love to hear music from right now that, uh, but it's a tough time to release albums right now. Cause you can't tour on it at all. Yeah. At least not well, for the next couple. You because, uh, for me, I think we were in touch. I was in England and yeah. I think you were there with Rod Stewart, right? Mm. You were, um, offering yeah. tickets, but not in London. I would have to have traveled a couple hours. I was there for family reasons. Um, and then I came home, uh, I think the end of January, Yeah. something like that, or beginning of February. And you came back shortly after and you got COVID, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. Like when the world was shutting down, you got it as it was shutting down, but you- Thanks Manchester, by the way. Everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. So- I'd like, to thank, I'd like to thank Manchester. Uh, but anyways, that's uh, yeah, I was I was basically on 
one of, if not the last tour slash shows that happened in the world at the time. There, there was probably a handful of things. I was with Halsey and we did um, we did the the Manchester Arena and our downbeat was our downbeat was like, you know, 11, just after 11 o'clock. And then that the next day, the world, basically, that's it. Everything shut down. Um, I know the Stereophonics were playing that night. And I know that uh, a friend of mine, Bob Chemist, was with Alvis Costello, and he was playing that night too. We all kind of had shows that ended on the same downbeat. And that, that was basically it. Came back, you know, uh, won't dive too far into it, but wasn't feeling great. Went and did the, you know, got the test and everything. And and I <laughs> the, the gag is I'm patient 46 in BC. Uh, so that I was going to get a little shirt made. So that doesn't hold, doesn't hold anything now because everyone's got it. So, um, it, uh, it, it was, it was tough. And then really watching the demise of our, our business just completely shut down was so weird. I've never seen anything like it before. And, um, it's an odd feeling because, um, there's two sides to it. There's, there's two sides to it. it it's, it's decimated the business. There's a lot of bands that would have would have broke uh, that I feel I'm watching some of these bands and I'm like, God, if they were, they were just right there. It was right there, ready to go. They were ready to have that breakthrough album and breakthrough everything and, and tour and, and it all got held and bands had, had just released albums at the end of that summer. And I just feel bad for that, that side of it too, because there's a lot of opportunity that was missed there. And then um, the concert industry is going to be a, a tough one to figure out until well, they figured it out in New Zealand. They figured it out in some of these these yeah. areas, but it's, it's going to be right. It's still going to be a little. It's still going to be a little while. And so the break from our business. Um, by no means am I a proponent. By no means am I happy about it. However, there was probably a substantial amount of people that uh, have never had a year off from this life. Okay, so you know we're coming up on. Uh, mental health awareness. I think it's next week or this, this, and, and our business has lost a lot of people, not to COVID, but our business has lost a lot of people to some mental health issues and different things that have been going on. And I mean, I know I'm a seven month on tour guy and I was doing that for like four years in a row just before I, I, and I had broke like about a year, you know, for a year off. And I, I don't see this opportunity of a, of like a, a one and a half, two year break ever really happening again. Cause once it fires back up, it's everyone's going to be touring and we're all going to be on tour for the next, you know, whatever it's going to be. Family and your kids, right? Which is nice. This, well, they want me to go. I'm sure they want me back on tour. So. <laughs> I'm sure. Too, like, as I had mentioned earlier, I, I've been going to concerts ever since I had, you know, my fake ID and I would go to the Alma Combo and um, some other venues, most of them not around anymore, not to drink, but just to see bands. And I just kept at that all through university to, you know, a year and a bit ago. So it's a very weird feeling not seeing live music. Like it is my life and my passion and I love it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just it's just a very odd feeling, but it, it has also given me the opportunity to, I, I've been working on a, a couple of um, projects that I hope to, to launch a little later. And as well, I'm working on a story, which is probably gonna be the most important story I ever write in my career. So um, yeah. That's exciting. I mean, that is that a byproduct of what we're in or is this something that's given you an opportunity to finally work on? Um, like, would you, if we were normal right now with everything that's going on and, uh, or sorry, let's say we were back to normal and we're doing shows and you're out watching shows every night and then you're covering all this stuff. I mean, well, do you have time to do this other project that you want to do or is this actually giving you an opportunity to get into no, it? I, I would have done them both. Okay. Yeah. The only thing I wouldn't have done is probably my basement. <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably, yeah, the only other thing. You should probably just, you know what you should, you should start a show. You should start a podcast and just have a camera in your basement. Whoa. I've just lost Karen for a minute, everybody. So anyways, I think she lost her internet. Oh, here she's coming back. Stand by. I'll just, do you want me to rewind that part or do you want me to come back? Right. 
I lost it. It was only for a second, but I lost it. I was going to say, you should probably have a show and just put a camera in your basement showing off all of this stuff. It'd be an amazing background because you got probably just a pile of every CDs and articles and everything. You got I found some very funny things actually, which is slowing down. Um, so I live in a semi and my neighbor, uh, him and his wife, they're also doing their basement at the same time. In fact, mm. the bins going in my backyard and then there's the conveyor belt and they're cutting a hole between our basements and all that. And today he's like, you got to just throw everything in the garage. And I'm like, I'm just getting stressed. I go, I have to go through everything. Like this is like lifelong stuff I've accumulated. So what's slowing me down is I found, for instance, a letter that I wrote when I was probably 16, um, a fake letter, I should say, when I, and I don't know what concert it was, but it was as if I won a contest, CPI, uh. and it's, it's, I remember doing it. And my friend and I went, we're at, uh, I guess, Maple Leaf Gardens. I'm dating myself now. And I wrote it like from Art Vogel, which is hilarious. <laughs> and I remember going up to the security guy going, uh, yeah, we won, uh, you know, this passes or something. And he obviously knew it was fake, but he was very nice about it. Like, yeah. Anyway. He made the effort anyways. And I, so I found that letter, which I love. Um, yeah, I found some extremely funny things. You should probably send that to Arthur. Arthur, if you <laughs> just say, listen, by the way, so I kind of started this career by, by trying to sneak into Maple Leaf Gardens. What show was it? Do you remember? No, that's the oh, thing. Didn't oh, yeah, it was a fake. Maybe I'll yeah. use it when things get back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Karen Bliss, my guest this week, uh, um, Canadian correspondent for Billboard and so many other things, uh, as well as founder of Samaritan Mag. Um, have you had an opportunity? Uh, do you write much for the, for the magazine yourself, or do you get? Is it basically all contribution based? Because yeah, there's some there's some great stuff on here. And uh, my other writers are also music journalists. Um, it's getting revamped because. It is quite dated. So um, Chris Wardman, who was in Blue Peter, and he worked at Universal, uh, BMG, I think, and he's a fantastic musician and a web guy. He's currently going to try and spruce it up a little and just make it look presentable without me gutting the entire thing, which I cannot sure. afford. Um, yeah, to find some advertisers, some sponsors, like to tell people what it is. It's actually just a, a news magazine about uh, good people trying to change bad things. So charities, causes. It's mm -hmm. not a good news site. It's a shitty news site. Um, it's very music heavy for obvious reasons. Uh, all the content's original. We don't take it from any other outlets. Like we don't say says, you know, told the New York Times. Um, so it's either from a press release or a post or it's interviews. I have a great interview um, with uh, the Strumbellas front man about his depression. That's why the Strumbellas canceled their last tour mm. uh, right before COVID. They were supposed to do a, a run of dates and um, he's been very honest and very frank about what he went through, which I know is sometimes tough for the uh, male species and um anyway it's a great q a so i encourage people to read it and share it i think it's quite brave and i'm sure he's helping a lot of people it's crucial a lot of artists are, are, are coming out about all that stuff too right now and, and talking about their struggles and i think it's uh people people have the the view that it's all um you know it's thousands of fans and lights and you get out and it's uh, fancy hotels and everything, but yeah. you guys got to remember and uh, you guys have to, and girls and everyone has to remember about this business that uh, from a performance standpoint and from a uh, concert side of it and all the rest of it, uh, there is 23 other hours in the day. So there's, tw there's the two hours in a bit, maybe if you're Pearl Jam, it's three hours, but there's two hours in a bit that you play live. And then there's, everything else in between. And uh, a lot of artists have gone through it, but I think that uh, a lot of artists are coming out and talking about it. And I think that's great, especially right now. It's definitely shining a light on our business uh, as far as what's been going on. So hoping everyone's being healthy. Uh, I, I guess if you need help, reach out, go get it. 
and and do it because uh, we all want to get back to touring and this is a tough time. We just got to hold on just a little bit longer. Yeah. So, so let me yeah. ask you, what do you think? I mean, I know that the Genesis pre-sale uh, is happening on Wednesday. I signed up. Like, I can't wait to buy a concert ticket, you know? Right. And uh, the last concert I went to was Sam Roberts, the drive-in, and I have a little convertible that I was about to put away, but I was like, I got it. It was like the end of September, and I was super excited. I was like, I'm going to put it away the next day. Mm -hmm. I wanted the roof off so I could watch the concert like a normal human being. And I did. It rained right when we left. So, Ah. yeah. Anyway, it was fantastic that it was – as I was leaving, I was like, I feel like this is the last concert I'm going to see. So, I mean, I, I want, I mean, I want to get back out there. Obviously I want to start doing shows and all the rest of it, but there's a lot of factors that have to go into it. Um, for people to really, are you vaccinated? I haven't yet. I've got I'm going for an antibody test actually in a couple of days. So I'm going to, I'm going to see if I'm carrying the, what, what, uh, what I'm carrying. So we're going to see what that, and then, uh, and then I'm, I'm on the list and we'll, we'll get all that done. So that's uh, weird. That's the strange thing about this year. It's like suddenly now we care about the brand of vaccine. <laughs> like if I was going somewhere and they're like, my doctor was like, Oh, uh, you gotta get the vaccine, you know, because you could get malaria. I'd like, I'd go, okay. I wouldn't say, well, what brand is it? What are the side effects? Um, it's yeah. amazing what uh, it's amazing how the press can uh, make people ask questions about things, isn't it? Good yeah. or bad? I don't know. Speaking of that, what do you think of this C10 thing that's coming out? What's your opinion on it? Yeah. You don't have to get too far into it, Let's but it's discuss this because okay, so they've just uh, about a week ago. They removed the part where, okay, well, first of all, you should explain what, you can't just say like what's Bill C-10 because I'm sure most people, including myself. I don't even totally understand. I, all I know is that uh, the, the, the problem with it is that there's going to be some re- regulation on what people consume. So what, you know, what you like online, consume. Right? They're trying to online. like online. in a way the, the um, Copyright Act, right? Sure. And then there's like... People are like, oh, it's going to be like China and there's going to be like this. And, and like, I, oh, it's, it's really going to damage. It's really going to damage the, the small streamers versus that, that are going to have to either adhere to all these new CRTC rules. Um, I know that it's big, you know, there's two major corporations driving the ship on this to regulate some, um, regulate content. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I think the net should still be free regardless of what people uh, outside of like terrorism and things like that, that I think that all the platforms have a duty to take care of people and, and trying to weed out as much fake information as possible. The idea that, uh, they're going to control what we can see and hear and watch on YouTube and all these things. I just don't, I don't agree with it. I don't, I think you should be able to. I thought, so I might be misunderstanding. So it's not the copyright act. It's the broadcast act. And they're trying to modernize it, but also, I guess, um, it, it's for the online usage, right? Like media, uh, digital media, mm-hmm. to ensure that the streaming platforms, um, I guess, produce a certain amount of Canadian content, right? There, There's right that portion there. of it too, but there, there was an early talks about, about you know, private private say uh web-based uh podcast networks that have to are gonna have to adhere by crtc rules and i think which would be like, what would the rules be like, canadian con a certain amount of canadian content which fine i mean i'm a lot of people don't like the cancon rule about radio years ago i right. i personally don't, didn't hate it because for me i'm like there was a lot of great things that came out of there we wouldn't have gotten so many bands out of that i think that that part of it was great but right you should be able to govern your own sites without someone coming in and regulating. Uh, this is difficult yeah. for me. But this is not t- going to regulate uh, user produced content. They remove that component. I right. thought 
right? But hopefully it stays what out. Do you think and rain, I you were talking about rain made uh, about coffee and ha- having him perhaps on this uh yeah. the show, but but uh I read an article because he's involved with a company that and and I guess he will be able to explain it more so than I can, but to protect all these young creators, very creative creators that mm. are producing content that then gets used everywhere, right? Like, like those people have to be uh, compensated somehow. Like we're in this world now where my industry as a, as a journalist, uh, the reason there's less work and there's less music journalists or journalists per se are getting properly paid is because of the internet and sharing content. So instead of purchasing multiple copies of a magazine, people just share things, right? So um, I feel like these young people that are coming up with very creative, whether it's like comedy skits or songs or challenges or whatever it happens to be, somehow need to be uh, compensated, you know? Well, I mean, that's been going on forever. And you, I mean, the the creation of the internet has, uh, I mean, geez, think about all the things we get for free, right? Obviously, I I subscribe and pay wherever I can. I really do. I do. I do my part to, I buy live music. I buy as much music as possible. Uh, Um, I understand that Apple and Spotify, if this is just a music-based discussion, there's work to be done because no one's getting paid what they should be done. And I, I really feel that should, that's gotta, that's gotta change big time on that side of it. Um, that's a, um, I mean, it is ironic to me that the like artists who of course should be compensated for the use of their songs and material and, um, will think nothing or their people of taking an article and copying it and throwing it on their website versus putting a couple of lines and linking because we all need traffic. And uh, I often have to tell people like that's copyright infringement. You can't just copy my article in full and throw it up on your website, you know? So it's the same. Agree. So. Agree. Hopefully it, uh, I mean, everyone should just, uh, it's such a creative time for everybody that everyone should have an opportunity to share in the, to share in it, not just big corporation, not just everything. I think everyone has an opportunity here and, um, God, they've been working on the music thing for so long. Yeah. <laughs> they've been trying to get to the uh, live concert thing. So yeah. let's say that this Genesis show happens in mm. November. Um, I mean, what, what's going to, are we all going to have to wear masks inside? And if so, I actually foresee some fistfights happening. There's going to be people at these concerts that will refuse to wear masks. Um, probably right around me. Cause I'm always next to the person that's smoking with their cigarette, like right down by their knee. And it's like wafting in my face and you can't really say anything. Uh, but yeah, don't you foresee that happening? Well, okay. I think the, I think there's a couple of things that are going to, going to be, that are going to happen. Um, I can't speak on from the promoter side of it. I don't, I think everything is going to come down to uh, all the, all the entities are going to work together. So you're going to have the the promoter is going to put certain things in based on what the region is dictating as well. Everyone, there's going to be a certain set of rules that everyone's or not rules. Sorry. There's going to be a certain set of things, not too different than, you can't bring an umbrella to this. You can't do this. You can't do that. There's going to be certain rules that are going to, that are going to kind of be a part of it. Um, but the but thing is, if you're not allowed to bring an umbrella, you don't bring an umbrella. But for some reason, these people are like, you're infringing on my rights because, you know, I'm not going to wear a mask. And yet you're not going to bring like peanut butter to a child's birthday party or to school because you might kill that one kid. You know, like you're like, okay, I won't bring peanut butter. But like for some reason, like wearing a mask is beyond, you know, that's like an infringement on their rights. We got three more hours. We can get into that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, never mind the people that are like, I'm not putting a vaccine in my body. Meanwhile, they've got like filler and stuff in their lips. And I I think the the concert side is going to be 
like when tours when tours can no I, I i'm <laughs> coinciding with it i'm saying i think when tours can string together six weeks of shows and stuff like that you're going to see more of it and then you're going to start seeing the you're going to start seeing um regions do things and then other regions are going to kind of adhere to them and you're going to find like what's going on is Europe and Europe is definitely going to be different than what's going on in Florida or definitely different what's going on in Texas and definitely different than what's going on in Canada. So that's going to be the first year of touring, which is going to be like, all right, in Europe, you got to do this in Europe. Everyone's still wearing masks. We don't care if you're vaccinated and then people are going to choose to come to the show or not. You're going to have people that are going to show up and go, I refuse. And they're going to go, well, then you're not coming in. And that's their choice to show up. They're going to come in with their mask and it's going to be a bunch of like yahoos and they're going to like take their mask off and it's just going to be a bit of a fiasco. Like people now, like when you read the Mm. people that are sort of anti-mask are sharing stories online that are, let's not talk about the fake news. These are legit news stories, but the headlines will say like New York, like back to normal or something. And then you know, when you actually read the article, it's like, well, it's back to normal, but they have to be vaccinated and, you know, then they don't have to wear a mask. So people, people just read, you know, the head. I'll, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. I had to go to South America a couple of years ago to do a month of shows. Uh, I had to get five shots. All right. Now, listen, I had to get five. This was, I don't know, there was like five of them. Yellow fever was the big one. They were like, listen, if you don't get these shots, uh, you could die of yellow fever and you're, they're not going to let you into the country unless you get the shot. So Which I was like, brand of yellow fever vaccination did you get? Which one? Sorry. Which brand? Which brand of yellow fever vaccination did you get? I got five shots, Karen, and then I went to bed and we, so anyways, they were. So they basically said to me when they were putting them in my body, they said, you may go blind, you may die. Of course. Just before they put them in. And I was like, all right, but I got to, I got to feed the kids. So I better, you know, it was just one of those things. So I had to, but there was not really any questions asked. And up till I would say now ish in the last year, you would have a selection of people in that space of anti-vax and all the rest of it. And that would be whatever. And no one questioned really things that I, whatever people are getting vaxxed at school or doing this, they're doing that. People had their own opinion on it, but now it's like, how can they get the vaccination done so quick? How can this happen? And there's so much Karen has left right in the middle of it, right in the middle of it. <laughs> I'm sure she'll click back on in a second. We just lost it. Uh, oh, no, there we back. So Nothing you're going to stopped everything to work. And plus, some of those vaccinations that those vaccines were developed 40 freaking years ago or even longer, right? Longer, longer, 60 years ago. So back then it was very different than what they have now to develop a, a vaccine. Everyone has, listen, I, I'm, I'm of the fan. Everyone has the right to ask the question because I mean, sure, you got under, you got to ask what's going in, what's going inside. When it's where it's at now, I think is dangerous. So I think it's extremely dangerous as to um, the narrative that's getting out there. And unfortunately, what we talked about before, it's like when you go down that rabbit hole, then that's all you're going to get fed is that rabbit hole. And you're going to get fed all the all the information that you want. I am uh, I as I've been vaccinated. I got the five shots to go to South America. I intend on getting the vax on this on this side of it. I'm more curious what I'm carrying inside me from my experience, and then hopefully it'll move on. And I think, I think you're going to run into people everywhere, regardless of like concerts going in with a mask or not a mask. I mean, you're going to, well, look what they do in Texas. Well, this isn't Texas. This is downtown Toronto. Well, look what they're doing in Toronto. This isn't Toronto. This is Halifax. This is like. The good thing is the same people will be vaccinated and the others will not. So, but the problem is really like, I personally do not want to kill anyone by carrying the virus and, you know, unknowingly, unwittingly giving it to my mother or anyone else for that matter. So I don't want that to have that on my head that I've like killed someone by mistake. Everyone's got, uh, listen, everyone's got their reasons. If I could pick who I would 
you know, give coronavirus to. That's a different story. <laughs> but from what I understand, you actually can't uh, do that. So, anyway, uh, yeah, I'm going to talk about. Um, I want to talk about your the guy in the, in the or girl or thing whatever that is uh, uh, in the corner there. What is that? This is a fantasy uh, dragon. I'm surprised you didn't have to ask. It's a fantasy dragon. I I'd have to admit, first time I've ever seen it. Yeah. Okay, because it's one of a kind. Look at that. Well, is there a name? Is there a it's, name? It's hand done by this girl that I don't even know how I discovered her. Probably over ten years ago. Wood Splitter Lee, and she is freaking incredible. Uh, she did a lot of these fantasy creatures um, way back when. Then she moved on to more realistic uh, creatures, and her stuff goes for you know a thousand bucks U.S., two thousand bucks. Anyway, I always wanted one. And there you go. So it's not just a stuffed animal I want at like the CNE. It's a thing. It's yeah. like a whole thing. That's great. Yeah. And uh, it's a great backdrop. <laughs> it's really good. You need a whole wall of them. It's really good. Yeah. Um, well, if I got more work, I would uh, have a whole zoo of uh, fantasy creatures. So we're talking coffee a little bit. We're going to end up on, on coffee here in a bit. But um, so we went, uh, we were you're an espresso fan. You've got a whole bunch of stuff going on. But um, since we chatted, uh, you've got the Barrio Brewing. You've got a few things. I want to play a game that I have uh, on here that uh, we'll do. It is called uh, the Espresso Shot. So what we're going to do is I'm going to rhyme off a couple questions for you. Uh, they're going to be like quick hits. They're going to be like, it's going to be like a two-minute segment, and it's real easy stuff. No, we're not changing science here. We're not doing anything like that. But what we are going to do is uh, – find out uh, some of Karen's uh, what she what what her favorites are on coffee well here it comes are you ready rapid fire this is the espresso shot with Karen Bliss you ready favorite coffee brand right now uh, Nespresso Nespresso the yeah. whole thing but there's a particular part of the Nespresso that you like which one is your favorite right now I call them by their colors, even though they have fancy <laughs> like ristretto and arpeggio. Actually, sure. I well, ristretto, I think, is the black one, and arpeggio is the purple one, but I really like the red one. <laughs> so. You like the red one. Nespresso red, favorite coffee brand. Uh, your favorite coffee region, if you're picking a brand, if you're going to a store and you're pick, yeah, if you're picking, if you're going to a store and you're faced with like Ethiopia, Nicaragua, like so all these different ones, you have a favorite coffee region. No, my favorite coffee region is walking across the street to Sam James Coffee Shop. That's my region, which is like uh, Little Italy. That's my region. Little Italy in Toronto. Okay, I great. I don't any. Like with uh, espresso, they're like, they come out. I guess this isn't rapid fire because I'm like interrupting you. But no. they um, they always come out with like, oh, the special edition where it's like, farmed on the top of a mountain only mm -hmm. from February 12th to the 14th at 10 p.m. You know, and then they, you know, <laughs> tag a couple of bucks on it. And, and then I always order them. And I'm like, yeah. whatever, what's so great about this one versus, you know, my red one. But, Should have joined the Coffee Snobs and Assholes podcast that I had at the beginning of this thing. Uh, okay, how about someone comes up to you and says, hey, Karen, I've never drank coffee before. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. How do I drink coffee for the first time? What do you tell them? First of all, I ask them why. It's not like I've never had a cigarette. Like I've never tried a cigarette and I've never tried a drug, just for the record. But like you wouldn't go, why? But coffee, like... Why wouldn't you try coffee? Do you eat chocolate? Like, I don't get it. Anyway. Well, I was, I didn't start till 20. I didn't start till 2016. So there you and go. And actually there's the people that are like, oh, I had coffee once, like with my mother at the gas station on her way up to, you know, up north. And that's like, that's why you don't like coffee. That's right. Gas station coffee. And they think, start, start at the top somewhere. It's like drinking Corona and Guinness, right? Like, Gotta go to the Guinness. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and coffee myth that you've heard that you've been able to debunk yourself or one that you want to debunk? Yes. As a matter of fact, <laughs> that it keeps you up all night because, 
Okay, I'm not the best person because I was up till six in the morning just doing stuff, but um, <laughs> it doesn't really keep you up at night. Like it's, I used to ask my dad, because he was a pharmacist, I'd say, how much coffee do I have to drink to stay up all night so I could study during school? And he'd just think I was nuts because it's trace amounts. Anyway. That's just my so you can drink as much coffee as possible. It shouldn't keep you up. The myth is that caffeine doesn't keep you up. Okay, I don't know if it's a myth, but it doesn't do anything but, for me. But that's Karen's myth. And that is the espresso shot with Karen Bliss. Here we are on the journey for Java, the Brenton on tour, kind of first Monday edition. All right, so we've got to get to something that came up last night, and then I'll let you get on your way because yeah. you've got more coffee to drink, and it's because it's probably what time is it there? Yeah. It's a 1030 at night. So you're just ready for another espresso. Um, okay. So last night, again, we'll get to this. You posted a post about, you want to hold up the Nescafe? Is it Nescafe? What is this that we got here? Yeah, right. I wrote that you would probably never talk to me again or have me on your podcast. <laughs> I bought this. First of all, this is going to last me forever and it's five bucks versus the $8 a sleeve for 10 pods of espresso so uh, we're going to make a little investment uh, uh we're going to make a little investment uh, each of us are going to make a little investment here and we're going to pick yeah. out five different um uh you know instant coffees which i never drink ever i've uh, and part of this journey quote unquote for java that we've done is that we're trying to discover all coffees we're trying to find the best shitty coffee the best uh, uh gas station coffee the best best coffee you name it I'm going to, we're giving them all a chance. So Karen had this, uh, had this idea and I'm like, you know what, this, we can, we can run with this. So starting next week, May the 10th, Monday, Karen and I are going to try an instant coffee. We're going to just drink instant coffee all day and it's going to be same one. The, the same, same one. Yeah. And we're going to post about it. We're going to post our journey wherever we can post it, get it out there. And then we'll do a wrap up episode when it's all done uh, to kind of give our thoughts and, I guess we'll award a winner. So I guess we got to come up with a plan here. So we've got Nescafe. What else did we say we were going to do? Maxwell House? Because I remember Folgers was a thing, I think, when I was in university. So Folgers, I don't know. Anyway, I just right. remember why I used to buy Folgers. Then we've got to do the one my mom drinks, Taster's Choice. I'll find out which one just because sure. well, we already know I hate it, but. She loves it. And then you said your mom loves one too. Maxwell House. Yeah. We're going to get the moms involved, I guess. Here's so a Maxwell House. And then uh, I guess I think we decided we were going to go with a no name, like a no oh, name. Yeah. A literally no -name. go to no, no name and get just a, a yellow label no name, which yeah. if, you know, people out there that know better might be like, hey, that's actually this coffee, but whatever. For now, it's going to be no name and we'll test them all out. Also, we want to challenge some people. So some of our musician friends, anyone, we're going to repurpose this. Not everyone's going to see this tonight, but down the road, someone will see it. You know, we've got some friends out there uh, in music land that are like, oh, I, I've got some ideas. So we're, any ideas, we're taking them all and maybe we'll add them to the mix. But next week, May the 10th, right through all next week, Karen and I, toe to toe on uh, instant coffee. <laughs> okay, does that mean I can't wash it down with Nespresso? Like, does that mean it's hands off? like any good coffee for the week. I mean, it depends on how our insides intend to, how we want our insides to go for the rest of the week. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. And are we drinking it all day? Like Monday is, you know, Nespresso uh, intense day. Like we just drink it all day. And then what yeah. about, like I have to put, do we find the right balance? So like this is the two keeping teaspoon or do we follow the directions? What are we doing? We gotta, we gotta come up with some rules that we uh but we can add some stuff i think that we want to double what the instructions are yeah i i, I kind of agree so um, we'll funny with bands though because i took an uh, instant coffee of some kind i think uh oh i had an airbnb apartment in la maybe four years ago so you know it was a little kitchenette so instead of like spending five bucks you know us or whatever at starbucks i was like oh, i'll get a little coffee and i think i got the one my mom drinks and it was disgusting um but bands like traveling all over you know having to drive some of them like they must know what instant coffee to 
bring with them. They can't possibly be buying Starbucks like three times a day. Like that would be their whole <laughs> pay. Well, it gets expensive, but I think, I think it's, uh, it gets expensive, but I, uh, I've been on some buses that have some awful coffee, but it's getting to a spot now where it's really, really good. Like there's people are having this, like, you know, I'm, I'm on the Nespresso either way for me. I, 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 it's easy and fast and you can get it in a hotel quick and all the rest of it. Portable one that they have uh, these specials where you get the little portable one for 29 bucks, but you have to spend a hundred bucks on coffee. It's expensive. So we're going to do that next week. Uh, We're going to have some fun. We're going to post about it. Please follow along Twitter, all the rest of it. Uh, that is Karen bliss. Uh, thank you so much, my friend for joining me tonight on the, uh, on the first Monday night. And we're going to, uh, we'll, we'll pick this up, I guess. Maybe we'll try to revisit this after the long weekend and see, and give our results, I guess, and see how it goes. What do you mean? Every day is a long weekend. It's really a long weekend. Whatever. That's we'll figure so it out. Funny. But, uh, I think uh, I'm uh, I'm stoked to try this out. Uh, Karen Bliss, uh, where can everyone find you online? And then uh, I'll let you get out of here and then we'll pick uh, this up next week. Karenbag.com. Please subscribe. Please advertise. Please sponsor me. Please uh, get me an interview with Springsteen and Keith Richards. Uh, my stuff's also on Billboard. What else? I don't know. I guess that's it. You can it. find her. She's everywhere. We'll post it. I'll post it on all the things as well. So... Thanks. Thank you so much, my friend, for everything. And uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to this next week. Uh, we're going to spend, it looks like, about probably 50 bucks <laughs> to get this thing out of the way. Uh, and to get the ball rolling, uh, I went with McDonald's today, tonight, just yeah. to have some fun. Well, you know, it, I mean, I have a term. It's called when there's nothing else. It's coffee. Anyways, it's fine. It's hard to mess up there theirs is better than yeah i'm just gonna say it so it is it is all right thanks karen we'll talk uh we'll talk next week my friend and uh, everyone follow karen bliss online everywhere she's fantastic that's karen bliss thank you thank you a lot of fun friends uh monday night uh first time doing this thing uh live on a monday night normally i'm tuesday night with the kids on the escalator podcast which uh you know, it's been uh, a lot of fun doing. It's been, you guys have been a big supporter of that. Uh, follow me, please, on tour. Uh, Brenton on tour on Twitter and all the places that you are. Not sure where you're watching tonight, but if you watched on, uh, if you watched on Twitter and Facebook and everywhere, I really appreciate it. Uh, comment, uh, like, share, do all the things that you do. Uh, a few thanks. Uh, I got to thank uh, my friends over at Blue Microphones. So Blue Microphones right now, they actually sponsor uh, the uh, Brenton on tour, the journey for Java and the kids on the escalator podcast. They're all kind of one in the same, um, for me out of my world, uh, kids on the escalator. Uh, I co-host with my friend, uh, Chris machete. We do Tuesday nights over on the Dean Blundell network and everywhere you get your pods. Uh, big thanks to them for hosting the Brenton on tour podcast. Uh, but also, uh, the kids on the escalator. So, uh, they've, uh, the blue, the blue microphone people have given me these, uh, mixed by headphones, which are awesome. And the blue Yeti X, which you see, uh, right there. Uh, that is uh, a great uh, mic. I'm loving it. It's really, really cool of them to uh, throw that in. So thanks to them on that um, coffee. Everyone has sent me coffee uh, all along uh, for the journey for Java. Uh, Capic one. Um, uh, it's just great guys uh, for sending that. Um, I'm going to have uh, just some future guests coming up. I've got Tim Wendelboe coming back. So Tim Wendelboe was holding the fort down as the uh, uh, the champion, the most downloaded podcast that I had was Tim Wendelbo, and he just got unseated last week by John Guarneri, who from Silver Spear, uh, who was Barack Obama's uh, Secret Service agent, and also it was Shine Down. Great guy, but he unseated the champ Tim Wendelbo, and Tim is coming back for his title. Tim, my favorite coffee roaster in the world, one of them, at least top two, top three. Uh, but a great guy, great story. So he's coming back. Uh, I believe next week we got him. I've also got Frank Sidoris from Slash and um, uh, Wolfgang Van Halen's Ben Mammoth. So uh, he's coming on. He's got a great coffee Bible coming up. We're going to talk a whole bunch of different things, music and touring. So anyways, friends, thank you so much. Monday night, 
Right on tour. The first one. That was Karen Bliss. Thank you so much, Karen, for coming uh, on the show. Looking forward to this challenge that we're going to do. And uh, we'll see you guys all next week. That's the Brinson on Tour podcast for the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favourite podcast app. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.